Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast of Culture and Convictions. I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. Hey, everybody. And we are glad that you're joining us at our table for yet another conversation on everything that is going on in the culture around us. And so much is happening. So much is going on. But just before we jump into today's discussion, we got a little... uh, we got a little advertisement to make. Please make sure that you click the subscribe button. Yeah, in the left bottom corner, I believe it's right over there. If you want to receive future notifications about the podcast that we're going to be uploading in the future and you want to follow Culture and Convictions, also you can follow us on all of our platforms, on Spotify, on iTunes, as well as SoundCloud, Stitcher, just about every streaming platform for podcasts that exists, we're there. You can find us at Culture and Convictions. Once again, that's at Culture and Convictions. And if you're following us on YouTube, you're here on our channel, that's at Culture and Convictions TV. And so we're glad to have you. Welcome to the discussion. Welcome to the table. What is up? Well, you know, it's been a long time, I think, since we've sat at this table, at least in, in, in podcast uh, timeline. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot that's gone on. That's so I can't, like, fast track everything that, that we've talked about here yeah. at the house. Um, but I do want to hit this LeBron, you know, conversation. Oh, yeah. So we are, while we're recording this, LeBron James just on last night won his fourth world championship mm-hmm. uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers this time. Uh, he, he's with a whole other team, of course. Everybody knows that. But this is his, what, third team? Yeah, this, yeah, so. this is third team. And so, so he's led the third team to an NBA championship. So you, you sound like you, you're, you got some you don't really – yeah. No, 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 no. I just, you're not, I, gonna, you know, you're not I always, about to spew LeBron venom, uh, no, LeBron hate. <laughs> no, I'm not a hater. I can appreciate everybody without taking away from anybody. Sure. And see, this is this is the problem of this culture today, right? That the issue for the for me with the LeBron debate is that they feel like they have to take away from Jordan. They completely ignore Kobe, yeah. and they try to make this case by the numbers, by the numbers, um, that LeBron James has reached or has surpassed Michael Jordan as the goat. Yeah. Personally, I'm just I'm just saying as as someone who had the privilege of sitting at their television set and watching Michael Jordan do what he did. Yeah, I have a both. I have a very hard time with that. But I but I don't have to take anything from LeBron. You know, I can still say, well, congratulations. Good, sir. You know, you got to, to hang out at Disney World for a few months. <laughs> Show up and play a, a few pickup games every day. Oh man, um, I knew it. I knew here. But I, I, but I didn't have to take anything away from LeBron. It is the truth. I mean, you know, they weren't traveling. They weren't getting on red eyes trying to go from place nah, to place. It wasn't home and away. It, wasn't, it, was it wasn't not traditional. It there was, was simply, no, you know, let me get out no, this hotel and walk down to the gym. <laughs> there was no full uh, eighty-two game season either. There was no AAU you know, pickup. It's just not. So the legs the were same. still somewhat fresh compared to your normal mm-hmm. NBA uh, year, your normal NBA schedule. But I don't have to take anything away. From no, LeBron. No, 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 you don't have to take, you can't take anything away from LeBron. Just you, simply saying. You don't have to do it. But, but you know, you're, you're right in many aspects, though, because I see what you're saying, because it didn't take but a moment after he won that championship. I wake up this morning and The Undefeated oh, yeah, has an article. Just... I forget the gentleman who wrote the article, but there's an article in The Undefeated talking about how we need to end this uh, Michael and LeBron debate. We need to put it to bed because ultimately that championship last night or uh, or whenever you're, you're you're uh, listening to this or watching this, that the championship this past week, he, uh, you know, he kind of put that whole argument to bed, you know, and it's kind of like, but they given, started, y'all started no, the argument, the argument, <laughs> it wasn't like people were sitting back saying, you know, I just, I just wonder, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, is LeBron James as good as Michael Jordan? Like who's saying that if you actually believe that Michael Jordan is the goat? No, I never had to make that comparison. No, to me either. that there's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, you know, stratosphere of success in my mind. 
Yeah, and so the thing is, though, here's here's the Trump card, and and it, because of our social justice, uh, culturally conscious, um, you know, time that we're living in, this is this is the religion of our times, right? Mm. And so now everybody is comparing Jordan to LeBron and LeBron to Jordan based upon not just basketball accomplishments; it's it's off the court, and that's the thing that they say tips these scales in LeBron's favor because LeBron, oh, Lord, Jesus. Uh, I believe in the article, in the Undefeated, I believe in the article, he says that the gentleman writes that LeBron is leading a, a whole generation um, into being active, socially active, right? And being activists against police brutality and et cetera, et cetera, all of the things that we know of today. Yeah. And how that Michael, during his time, he, he, he had, what did he say? He was the, the, the poster boy for, for neutrality, that Michael didn't say a lot about these things. He didn't, you know. But of course, we're talking about a whole nother era. We're talking about a whole nother time. We're talking about the 80s, the 90s. He didn't have to. He never yeah. say anything. Yeah, white yeah. kids, black kids, Hispanic kids, everybody saying they want to be like Mike. Oh, yeah. He didn't was, need to do any of that. Yeah. He, oh, no no doubt about it. it. Just, I mean, the, the poster of Michael Jordan is, is uh, indiscriminately desegregated <laughs> in, its, in its dissemination and posting in bedrooms all over the world, right? And so everybody had his post. So LeBron, you could argue LeBron uh, has, those, uh, has that as well because everybody's a fan of the, of the game of basketball. But if you're asking me, right, if, you, if you're really asking me, these comparisons and everything that people are making, uh, it's because they, they need it, right? That this, it seems as though this generation needs to change the narrative of what a hero is and what an icon is and what a legend is or a goat is or whatever and they need it to fit into the social justice uh religion it's well, no, got, they need it's, to bring the bar down it's, it's got to fit there if we were honest you're, you're just bringing the bar down because here, here's the thing people don't like about sports mm. is the fact that it's a meritocracy oh. right it's not about okay. <laughs> you know it's not about how many dollars and cents you spent out there you know buying meals or whatever you're doing, which are all wonderful things. Certainly we should, we should be um, benevolent when we can. That, that, that's, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, you know, show me the money. And, and you, can't, you can't simply try to denigrate, you know, someone's resume, a resume like Michael Jordan's, yeah. simply because you feel like he was not vocal enough. And it says so much about this generation because they are all talk. I mean, it's all it's all running your mouth. And if you run your mouth well enough, then my goodness, we need to put you on Mount Rushmore. But <laughs> but if you show them, yeah. if, you, if you actually have a, a, a product that you have successfully put out there and you've been dominant, I mean, you've gone out and Six you and have home. you have separated yourself MVP, from your peers. Yeah. Then we can Challenge. find ways to try yeah. to take away from you little by little, you know, that which is I mean, it's. How do I how do I argue against? I, I just don't understand how people can make. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Especially not when you have ascended to the place you've ascended to in your life because of basketball, right? Yeah. It's it's what you've done with and in the game of basketball. You're gifted, talented, blessed by God to be it's able to your play it at a high level. Yeah, and it's your <laughs> profession. It's it's what you get dressed up to go do, right? Yeah. And so you you go out there, you work, you 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 prepare, you train, you you put your body in the best proper position to perform at the highest. And that's your job, right? Your profession. And so therefore, you can't just jump off the court when you're talking about goats in basketball. And that's my thing where, right. and that's why I say it's, it's, it's trying to fit it in the social justice religion. It's trying to get it in there. Because at the end of the day, that's where the heroes have to fit in this today's generation. But don't you they're, feel also... They're going to try to put them in there. But don't you feel also that it's, it's the fact that they want to curate for people, 
that what same they point. should, yeah. yeah, what they what, should what worship they or should, look up to, ab- yeah. absolutely, oh, yeah. as opposed no to allowing you as an individual no to make a you know to make draw your own conclusions, yeah. you yeah. know, based on facts and and when what is true. And I'm all for numbers, but at, like I said, in in reference to Jordan, there's no mistaking that he took the NBA from a okay, well, you know, it's great, it's a professional basketball mm-hmm. league to a worldwide international sensation mm-hmm. and i don't and, and he didn't do that necessarily and by himself but certainly he was the, so. he was a major you know culture shifter in that in that regard i mean it, he changed he changed the culture he changed dress absolutely i mean michael jordan i mean we were the basketball you know they were wearing tidy whities you know you know they were wearing the little short shorts and jordan comes in and he wants to he wants to change the dress code he has an impact upon culture he completely completely solely on his own they might as mm-hmm. well just say it revolutionized the tennis shoe industry, absolutely. changed the whole thing. Oh, I mean, just, just basically flipped it and made people wear tennis now dressed up. Yeah. Right. And that begins, you have to go back to Mike because he, he really is the one who did that. And when you watch the documentary uh, on, uh, on Netflix, that this 10 part documentary there now was on ESPN during the pandemic, it kind of highlights some of those things, but you touched on something that I think really is uh, one of the more important aspects of how to really judge all this too is because while people are trying to go ahead and cement this one's legacy or that one and so forth and so on, it's really about where that person at the height of their career and how they carried and brought what they brought to the NBA, it's how they leave the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, where are you going to leave the game? And you have to say, just like you said, when Michael left the game, he left it here. Absolutely. He inherited it a good game. Maybe here. It was a good game. You had Magic, you had Bird, you had Dr. J, you had all those that came before who did amazing stuff. But at the same time, NBA basketball was still kind of, it was great. It was professional basketball, showtime with the Lakers and the Celtics. You know, they were the predominant teams. And everybody was excited. But when Michael came along, that is also what etches him in my mind as the GOAT is because when he came along, his face is on Mount Rushmore because he climbed the mountain. Mm -hmm. He got beat by those guys. And he never stopped. He just kept coming mm-hmm. until he, he he ascended to the top of that mountain. And he did it without losing ever in the finals. Once he got there, it was like, that's it, y'all. It's a wrap for everybody else. <laughs> and, yeah. and he locked it up for everybody else. And he did it the way that I think you have to do it to be considered the GOAT. But once again, it's in the game of basketball, mm-hmm. right? And so people don't like to keep it there because there it's an unquestionable resume Michael has. It, it just it, it it is what it is. And he left the game at a higher place. And I'm 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 interested to see where the game's gonna be when LeBron leaves. When this whole generation of players. Right. I'm interested to see that because see, nobody wants to talk about that projection, right? Mm-hmm. But when they leave the game, where is the NBA going to be? So game five. Of the NBA Finals in 2020, they had like 5.7 million viewers. Yeah, that's right. That's rough. And in 2019, it was 18.2 million viewers who watched. So if we're just talking about where people are going to leave the game, (laughs) if we want to talk about numbers, I'm (laughs) just saying. Leave it in the basement, on it. (laughs) Let's let's look at all the numbers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but that's something to be said because it's that was shocking when you told me that because we're in the middle of uh, a pandemic or preferably coming to the end of all of this quarantine and we're starting to get back to some sense of normalcy, hopefully here for everybody pretty soon. But you would think that people were wanting something to watch and the NBA would have been that thing that, that, you know, (laughs) and you would have, you would have thought, I mean, seriously, you would have thought, but because of the, as they say, he's led this generation in social justice because of this push 
right? And because of this constant politicization of every single thing, even bleeding into our entertainment and sports, people evidently are turned off. So now, leaders are, if leaders are leaders, leaders have, can take credit for the good, but they have to also be responsible for the bad. And if this game is left at a lower place, even after this is over, because what's, what's, what people are saying is, is despite the fact that there isn't as much competing for my attention, I still don't want to give my attention to the <laughs> NBA. I'm serious. That's really what people are saying. They're turning away from it. They don't want anything to do with that. Now, I'm neither here nor there on that particular subject. I can watch it if I want to, not if I don't. But at the end of the day, it, is, it has been lessened. Mm -hmm. It has been demoted in, in importance in people's minds as an entertainment piece. People are probably watching more of the NFL or college sports, college football, where it's being played than they are at the NBA. Uh, so it's something to think about, man, because, hey, you know, to me, that's what being a GOAT is. It's about how you led the game you played and where you left it when you left. Well, you know, the tagline is, you know, if you go woke, you go broke. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just funny that at the end of the day, you know, what they do is it's still a bottom line business. And I think Always. Adam Silver understands that. And I think he's probably going to make some course corrections because ultimately, you know, at the time it's it seemed very in vogue and and Well, the election is going to inform a whole lot of people's oh, decision-making when this is absolutely, over. <laughs> absolutely. And I think it already is beginning to do that because, yeah. you know, people vote, people vote with their feet. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like I don't have to – I don't have to get on Twitter and tell you how much I don't like it. I just won't watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Done. You know That's all I mean? they got to do. Who won? Who? LeBron who? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You're getting to that point where people are just like, I don't even really care. So then the media has to go and make it significant. And that's what I'm saying yes. with this whole debate. They have to make it significant yeah. where there really is no significance. You know they what I mean? Like I said. They are firm. Oh, they're playing you. AAU pickup. I don't, you know, I just, I'm not that like impressed with that. But yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um but we're going to we're going to move on and and we have to talk about politics a little bit. Oh yeah. We don't have a lot of video clips this time around because ultimately, you know, like I said, I think people have seen and watched and imbibed a whole lot of stuff going on from Do you think I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think people as we get ready to segue into this, do you think people have already made up their minds how they're going to vote? I think people knew that last year, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people knew it 4 years ago. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. But no, I, I definitely think people have made up their mind. But yeah. I think, you know, nowadays I do too. We're we're in a we're in a situation where it's just how do you not make up your mind? Cuz there's so much coming at you. You know what I mean? Like you become I think more burrowed into your position the more that you listen to to media or where, or just, you know, no matter whether you're left or right, I think I think just after a while, people are like, you know what? I'm going to that polling place, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast my vote for so and so, and I'm, they're just not going to be moved off of that, which is yeah. fine, you know. Um, but I do think that definitely our culture has created this very like deep seated divide where people yeah. aren't even, yeah. You know. But I think people are also in a in a stage of political fatigue as well. I think oh, people sure. are so tired of of listening sure. to and and hearing this that or the other. They they probably can't wait for November uh to get here because they're ready to vote, they're ready to get it over with. They're ready to see the aftermath of of what's going to happen, how things are going to turn out. Yeah. Um some people are bracing for all out, you know, <laughs> political war and sham and espionage and <laughs> and all this other stuff. And then other people and and you know, I can't can't get mad at people because of all of the rhetoric that's been going on. People have shown that they're willing to go to great lengths to get the outcome they so desire. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has been crazy. Mm -hmm. it, it, we have to admit that. It has been crazy over the last four years since President Trump was in office. This has been one of the wildest, in terms of the media, this has been one of the wildest 
four years I think I have ever witnessed in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm not an old person, but at the same time, I follow politics for a little while. Yeah. Uh, this has been crazy. It has been really wild. It has been off the, 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 the rails in a lot of instances. And so I do think people have kind of already made up their minds, and I think people are kind of just, just waiting with bated breath to go vote. Well, you and know, so many millions have already done it. So, I, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Cause I was, I was talking to someone at work and, and we were saying the same thing. Like, wouldn't it be, aren't we ready? Let's just go vote today. Can we just, like, <laughs> let's move the, let's move no. the election up. Let's just make this happen so we can all just move on. Um, but at the same time, you know, people, this political process I think has become more emotionally draining for people yeah. because it's becoming like you've, like we've been talking about so political it's not even about policy anymore. I mean, we think about this. We we had a debate, a presidential debate, and mm-hmm. you can't really pinpoint just a ton of policy that came. At least I know from one side. Um, so it's kind of like, what are we debating about? If if we're not, I mean, are we debating per- personalities? Are we debating, you know, styles? Are we? What are we debating? Yeah. Um, and and so we're not having those. We're not having those rational conversations because now everything is just very much like oh you just you're so repugnant to me i can't stand yeah. you you know what i mean yeah i mean it, it is it's, <laughs> it's kind of gotten into into the weeds in many ways um I, I remember you know after the vice presidential debate you know and kamala harris and mike pence were up there and they had a debate it was more civil it was more of a debate uh less than a just a rat a tit for tat you know sure. <laughs> that they had with the presidents the presidential candidate and, and president trump but uh, even that, after it was over, even though there were some things touched on, even though there was more substantive conversation and debate going on about particular policies, people were talking about particular things that the administration did. Kamala was presenting what Joe Biden would do and said he would do and yada, yada, yada. But even after that was over, when it was all said and done, the thing that made the rounds the most on social media was a fly. <laughs> now, I get the moment. I get, I, I get that a fly landed on on Vice President Pence's head. I get it. And he landed on his head and sat there for a while before he flew off. And it was kind of distracting because his hair is snow white. Okay. Right. So so the, the fly lands there. I get it. I, I get all of that. But the fact that that was what people memed and tweeted Boil and it talked down to about. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of like people are reaching to reach around, you know, the substance of the debate. Right, it's kind of like the lack thereof. or the lack thereof. <laughs> like and they, they couldn't really from a side. Yeah, you know, and so it, it's really sometimes it's disheartening to see. But at the end of the day, I think people have already made up their minds to a great degree, and they're going to go in there and do what they want to do. And uh, and just like I've said before, many times uh, these these uh, elections turn out differently than polls say because people aren't going to really let a lot of people are going to be very very politically discreet. And they're not going to let you know what they're doing. But when they get in the privacy of their booth, of course. they're going to vote the way they want to vote. Well, that and then, you know, we, we know that by and large, pollsters, media outlets, oh, you know, yeah. they, they, they're they jaded and they, they have a particular side that they want to promote. So oh, yeah. for them, you know, they're going to create the narrative that they feel is advantageous for the side that they want to see, mm-hmm. when, you know, no. take over the White House. And so that it is what it is. But I, I want to play this clip from Keith Olbermann because it's. Here's what this is what we're getting to, oh, I think, in, in America. And this is the problem that people who disagree with you um, take it personally. You know, <laughs> that you're not just debunking an idea or a policy. You are debunking their personage. Mm. Um, and, and this is where a real line has to be drawn in civility for, for us as, as, you know, 
we're, we're all citizens of these United States. So certainly we can disagree, but we can also agree to remain, you know, somewhat diplomatic in how we deal with whatever kind of disagreement we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mr. Oberman, obviously, and bless his heart, you know, he's, he's someone that used to be, I guess, important as, as far as, you know, when he was at ESPN, he had a pretty big platform. And, uh, and you know, now it's sort of like, where, where is Keith again? But he made his way back into the world and put himself on the map with, with this clip that we're getting ready to show. By understanding what might be a more awful truth still standing behind this demonic president. Our best case scenario, our brightest outcome on election day is a landslide so thorough and unequivocal that even Trump's enablers, the Republican Party, political whores, every one of them, will not go out onto the limb with him and try to overturn his election defeat in the courts or on the streets or with the military. It must be a win so overwhelming that they and these maggots who believe in fascism, the kind that Donald Trump has already brought to this country, scurry back into their holes, disbelieving and shocked, but, like him, ultimately interested only in one thing, saving their own asses. Our best case scenario is a defeated Trump having no alternative but to concede defeat. And yet, you know in your heart what would follow even that decisive and blessed moment. If Trump actually accepts losing, He will not even pause for breath before he immediately announces that he is seeking the presidency in 2024. And therein lies the real terror of this time of the madman. What he revealed about America and to the unprincipled scum who have been for decades merely pretending they are not racist, they are not homophobic, they are not anti-Semitic, they are not anti-democracy, they are not obsessed with violence and death. The shy haters... What he revealed is they will not go away just because Trump concedes an election. They have been authenticated by him. They have been told that their failures are somebody else's fault. They have been reassured that their worthlessness is the result of enemy A or enemy B or enemy C. They have been given five years in the sunlight and they are a blight that will be with us for generations. There can be no mistaking what is ahead of us in this best of possible scenarios. A period in which a Trump-led minority will continue to terrorize this country. And Trump, whose only barely human delight comes from the applause of the morons in the crowd, will seek that pleasure again and endlessly until the day he dies. We unleash this terrorism via the activating mechanism of reality television. Trump unleashed his terrorists via the activating mechanism of encouraging them to hate. Trump can be, and must be, expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So, let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage. 
and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin that day. Man, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> I mean, you know, what other way can you take it? That sounds like a real threat. I mean, you want to talk about fomenting dissent and division. You want to you want to talk about marshalling the the, the forces to start a war? Oh man, you just I mean, sound like a sore loser. You feel it? You feel it down in your socks? And you're lost, and it's really you know. I mean, he's out here calling. Behind. He's he's out here calling the American citizens maggots, mm, morons. The people, the people. Wait a minute, you know, the people counted in his ratings. The people counted who? I mean, people act as though. Um, People like this, though, people who voted for President Trump wouldn't watch ESPN or wouldn't watch him at some point. Like, they wouldn't just see him Apparently, or watch him. A lot of people aren't watching him, well, but well, okay. Well, well, yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I get you. that. But what I'm saying is, is if people act as though that vote meant that they are just, there is n there's a side of the world in life that they never visit, like mm -hmm. it's Mars, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a, it's a distant world. Correct. Like, like they don't go watch movies of people who, who are politically different than they are. Oh, no, I can't go watch that. That's, that's such and so, because he, he voted for, for Biden. <laughs> I mean, people, people out here are living their lives and going into the ballot box, the privilege of going into the ballot box here, and they're voting what they think is in their best interest as citizens of this country, and you get on television and call those citizens maggots. <laughs> You get on that. You get on your television. You get on your little soapbox, your little bully pulpit, and you start calling people supporters of the demonic. Demonic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have never. It, oh, that gosh. was that was embarrassing, really, because yeah. it really does. It, it, it's like you said. It kind of cements the fact that here's a person who is talking like. Now, I'm not saying he is, but he's talking like it has been. He's sitting up here saying this kind of thing like a person who has been forgotten. And he's mad about it, mm -hmm. and he's throwing a tantrum, right? And it's it's just it's Why disappointing. Don't you guys like me anymore? Why don't you listen to me? It's disappointing to see because you're talking about waging war on the American people on a whole on millions. He's talking about prosecuting multiply 40, 50, 60 million people. Yeah, who go to the polls and who voted? You, you, I mean, I'd like to know what people think. But people only speak like that. I think they only get that kind of fervor and that kind of consternation when they felt as though they had it in the bag. <laughs> and I think that is this is why Donald J. Trump bothers them so because they believe. Why does he bother them? Please explain it to he, me. They believed that they had colluded and conspired and put together such a a you know fail safe plan that it was automatic that Hillary Clinton was going to break the glass ceiling. That's why they were in the glass building. That's why yeah. they had all the symbolism. That's why they were that's why they were so keen and ready because they felt like irrespective of whatever Miss Clinton did. And by the way, just as a side note, those emails are coming and we can't wait to see them. Those emails <laughs> are coming and I can't wait to see them. And I think I think all of us I think it should be a national holiday. I think we should all just take a day. <laughs> Okay. And comb through those emails. We should all okay. have the time off. Absolutely, because that's important. We should wow. know that. Um, I don't even want to comb through. But having having said that, <laughs> they believed that they had they had created the biggest coup on the American people, mm -hmm. and and what let them down is that man, you guys aren't as useful as we thought you were. Because we thought you useful idiots were going to march into that ballot box and say, I am, I am Hillary Clinton through and through. Because you know what that would have said? That, that would have been four more years of Barack Obama. Sure. No doubt about it. Same. Right? Same, same thing. It would have been the same religion, thing. Yeah. 
And the fact that we said no was a was a huge like what what is wrong with the, them? I get the feeling she may have been a little more radical. Didn't mean to cut you off, but I think no, no, she no. would have went further. Go ahead. I well, it, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm sure there's plenty of things they we'll were going to pull know, out. Will they we? were going to pull out the the all the stops. But um, but no, I think that's exactly where we are. And I think Keith Olbermann and and any of the media elite, mm-hmm. and you know, any of those who have cemented themselves in a in a in a way that they believe that they are the ones that sway public opinion. That they are the ones that, that yeah. like I said, they curate our taste. Like, they get to tell us what to do mm-hmm. and think. That's good. Um, it's offensive to no, them. That's, that's true. It's that's offensive. Good. No, I don't mean to cut you. I'm just no, no, I'm no. disagreeing with Go you. Go ahead. No, because, I mean, that, that's so true. And I, I don't think that's a point that needs to be lost in, in our conversation, that these people are no longer the for the state. They're no longer the media. They're no longer reporting truth, the news. The media has decided to take the position of curating our taste. They're shaping us. They're molding us. They're Absolutely. trying to. Absolutely. So, so there is no more truth in media. There's no more truth in journalism. It is all about shaping and molding the minds of the American people to influence behavior, what you're going to do. That's it. And they're sold out to it. That's so it. it, it, it's, it and that's why, that's why you see the explosion of things like podcasts, the explosion of things on uh, people on YouTube and all kinds of different platforms, Twitter's, is a place of of political debate about some of everything nowadays, <laughs> but it's because um, the media has completely sold out mm-hmm. to it. They they they've they've completely abandoned integrity in reporting. They yeah. they have really done that, and now everything is is being slanted. And you you alluded to something while you were talking that I don't think needs to be lost either. That also listening to Keith Olbermann, you hear that really. His problem is not with President Trump. It's with us. Absolutely. It's with the uh, voting public. Absolutely. It's with the people, right? And, and, and I don't want people to miss this, right? Because a lot of times people think when you listen to the media talking that you're, they're, oh, man, they can't stand Trump. Because you hear them, the, the Hollywood, in the media, the people within the Beltway, within D.C., all of them. It's just, just Trump, 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 Trump. Trump's a jerk. Trump's a jerk. Trump's an idiot. Trump's a racist. Trump's a homophobe. Trump, Trump's a xenophobe. Trump, 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 right? And, but at the end of the day, they can't say what they really want to say, which is America is full of idiots. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> but I'm serious. It, it's it's really what they would it's like to say, true. but they can't run the risk of saying that then because, you know, they depend very on our true. votes. They depend on our box office participation in Hollywood. They, pretend, they, they depend on us buying tickets for, for games and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So they can't really say it to us. So they unload it on the person <laughs> that is in the White House that represents our dooficity, right, and our dumbness, right? And so they call him dumb, but they really want to say it to the American people. They really want to say it to us. They really want to tell us as the intellectual elite that you're the dumb idiots that don't know what you're doing. You need to step aside. You need to let us run things. And what they're trying to do now (laughs) is, is a whole big cahoots and cabal to try and circumvent the will of the American people. Absolutely. And see, and this is why this election is so heightened in its t- intensity, its divisiveness, its vitriolic, and the, and the media is really pushing it because they don't want to ever see it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I may, I may be putting myself out there and I may be qualifying as a conspiracy theorist, but at the end of the day, I'm willing to take that chance because I believe I'm right. They're upset with the American people. Yes. They're mad as wasp yes. at people who voted for him because that's not what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to follow them. And you and you can believe that because, you know, Donald Trump has, has endured an entire onslaught for the last four years mm-hmm. of them trying to come up with anything that they could to try to get him out of office. 
Yeah. I mean, everything is a, it's, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it's Russia. It's, it's uh, the Access Hollywood tapes. It's impeachment. It's, it's, it's Ukraine. It's, it, there was always something. I mean, mm. there, there wasn't ever a time when, yeah. you know, okay, well, let's just see what the man's going to do. So, so I think I think you're absolutely right, baby. I think I think you hit the nail. And it's on not the even head. about him. It's about it, it's all not. Of us. It's about it's about all of us. And and also, <laughs> and you know that too because of look who they chose as their candidate. And I do say chose because the DNC, um, you know, they they they're out there deciding who's going to represent that party. That is not like oh, you know, Democrats, you know, get together, they go to their primaries, and they make it happen. I know. I, I think just as just as you know, Kamala Harris drops out of of the race um, for the nomination, and suddenly she gets picked back up for VP. Is mm-hmm. is that? That's not coincidence. I yeah, mean, there's you, plenty of people they could have chosen. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about playing playing odds to 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 win, sure, you would not pick a person who, while running for president, was one of the first to fall out of the race on her way to her home state. So, what does that tell you? So, you were on your way to the primary of your home state, California, yeah. and you said, "Well, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and step. I'm going to step back." Hmm. Well, shouldn't California have been a I great mean, that's, that's, that's opportunity? Home, that's home field Just advantage. Saying. That's where it is. But but there's there's certainly you know there's a lot there's a lot at play and I hope people are taking the time to really look into some of these issues because I don't think I think people are going to be amazed when these things are unveiled because it's I'm of the I'm of the opinion that that Donald J Trump is absolutely America's candidate. And I'm, he I'm is, always tickled the way you put that middle initial in there when you say it. That's because I'm very serious about it. <laughs> I see. I can see when you. It, it matters Donald when you have J. your full Trump. government name. No, um, <laughs> But but I believe that he is America's candidate, and I think and I think that Americans would do well to see that he is their candidate, because what what has gone on is like you said, you've got Beltway elites who feel they're the Never Trumpers, the the you know the McCain's, the all all of these people who come from that ilk of well, we're all just kind of playing this tit for tat game. We all play very nicely behind closed doors because we all like each other. We smoke cigars together. Yeah. We're, bu- we're buddies and pals. But then when we get out in front of the cameras, you know, I have to do my thing and then you have to do your thing. Let's not lay it on too thick, though. Yeah. Let's keep it here. Mm-hmm. And this is what America has grown accustomed to. And that's why your government didn't seem to do a whole lot for you. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to get a whole lot done. I mean, people no. were talking a lot about cross I mean, the cities, aisles. Cities are <laughs> cratering. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, you have a bunch of people in positions who want to retain their ability to influence and and push forward their personal agendas on the backs of of the American people who are none the wiser, right? Because we don't have lobbyists that we get to send up there. No. We send congressmen. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're not up there actually advocating for the things that we desire, want, and feel like are important, then who else is advocating for us? Man, you said a lot there, and and I think that's it's true though. It's the absolute truth, and it cannot be lost on us. It cannot be lost on us what's really going on because now, I mean, why on earth? When you, when you think about and this is something that's always puzzled me about this whole thing because the first thing people say about Donald Trump is how could he be a president of the people, for the people, America's president? You just said America's candidate, right? Well, I push back on that in this way. Play devil's advocate for a moment. People say, well, how can he be America's candidate? We're talking about a mega billionaire. We're talking about, you know, jet flying, limousine riding, <laughs> you know, everything but the woo from Nature Boy. You know, he's, he's lived the life. He has lived a privileged life, charmed life, uh, the many marriages, the, the opulence, the decadence, the, the, the riches, yada, yada, yada. So how can he be America's candidate? Because he doesn't, how can he relate 
How can he how can he touch the common man? How can he be a person who even understands what people are dealing with who are going to the store thinking about the price of milk? Mm-hmm. Right? How how could he how could he even touch that world? And and it's really there's really one of those things that is really odd to me because here it is. He is a billionaire. He has all of those things, and he's lived that life. For as long as I've been alive, Donald Trump has been in the public eye as a very rich man. But here's the thing. The rich people in his status, that are in his stratosphere, they can't stand him. And, and, and that, to me, is a very, and that's a very telling thing because it then makes you scratch your head and say, well, he must not be representing the elite's interest because the elite... They don't want anything to do with him. They, they talk about him ad nauseum. Mm. I mean, they can't, and, and it's not play. I mean, they really, whether it's the elite in Hollywood, <laughs> whether it's the elite in business, whether it's the elite in uh, the CEOs of great companies, Absolutely. huge, you know, mega billionaires, these people can't stand Donald Trump. And, you, and so you come away going, he, you know, even though I, I play devil's advocate, you come away thinking he must be America's candidate because these people... That, we, that people try to accuse him of representing the elite, they seem to have nothing in common with him. And he seems to have nothing in common with them, even though he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes one of those things where I hope the American people are putting it together. They're kind of seeing, right, that, that, that everything, perceptions, you know, they're not always what they seem. And they're looking through the smoke screens and the subterfuge of the media that they put up and put out there. And they're starting to realize it, right? Because even for me and a lot of other people, you know, that when, when Donald Trump came down, Donald J. Trump, to, to stay with you, when he came down the escalator, I was not excited. Nobody was excited. We were kind of skeptical. A lot of people were, I mean, some people, gosh, they went, never Trump, never Trump. <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they just went all off the deep end. I don't know what they were thinking. I wasn't like that. I was just like, I hope he's serious, you know, because this is, this is real serious business here. Sure. But over the course of four years, anybody that is conscientious, anybody that is unbiased and objective can see the fruit that has grown politically on his tree, what he has done. Not what you say, not what you appear to be like. What have you done? Because ultimately, that's all I know about you anyway. I, I get fed up with people walking around here talking about these candidates like they know their hearts. <laughs> like like a like a slogan is a window to the soul. Absolutely. You know? I like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, like you don't know these people. All you know is what they do. Mm-hmm. What have they passed? What have they put pen to? What have they str- put, put pen strokes to and said, this is an executive order. This is what I will do. This is what is signed in the law. That's how you know people. That's right? it. That's all we can know from Past them. Past behavior is the greatest predictor of, of future, future behavior. That's it. <laughs> Period. That's it. So So looking at what he's done, you can't help but come away going, wow. This has been one of the most pro, the little guy, pro-American, pro-minorities, pro-religious freedom, pro-life. Pro, I mean, he has been the most outspoken person on these issues in his administration than any administration I've seen. And I'm talking about previous ones that were Republican. Yeah. He has truly, and he's done it in a way that has even gotten under the skin of the Republican Party, which starts to make you say to yourself you must be doing something right there you boss. must be doing something right with don't nobody <laughs> like you right when, yeah. when people are are, are are not really so quick to want to join in with you on either side yeah. you're starting to upset the political game what i was going to say is just you know he's he has changed things because it used to be the old adage was you know the enemy of, of my enemy is my friend 
And and now during the Trump era, it's like the enemy of my of my enemy is my co-conspirator, right? Yeah. Like we're all getting together and we're we're yeah. trying to figure out how we can. Oh, we got to get him. We got to do. Yeah. We got to. And so you you have seen an onslaught against him because people are going beyond just hey maybe I can help you out. I don't like him either. To no, we really we've got to put a plan in motion. We oh, all yeah. have to have the same talking points. We all have to identify the same issues and we have to harp on it a thousand times at nauseum because ultimately, you know, it's part psychology, it's part marketing, it's part, mm. you know, yeah. I mean, our whole game is to just create a narrative. And then we want you to go out and repeat the narrative. Repeat yeah. after me, Trump is a bad guy, orange guy, bad, yeah. right? Freedom, bad. When they say freedom, that means white supremacy. When they say yeah. <laughs> nationalism, what did AOC right? say? Where freedom means going back to work. Yes, <laughs> that's what she said. I'm like, like girl, girl, what is your problem? What are you talking about, ma'am? What are you? People want to work. Oh, you know, get me started on that. But at the end of the day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's the thing. And and I think people, I think people are starting to see it, and that's why I say I feel like people have made up their minds already. People have kind of sit back and they're just they're just waiting. They're just waiting to go vote. <laughs> and they're gonna let everybody talk, let everybody say what they want to say. And there are a lot of people who recognize that the environment is so vitriolic they're not gonna say anything because yeah. they don't want to get accosted at at the coffee shop. They don't want to get surrounded by a bunch of people screaming at them to, to do this, that, or the other. Right. So people are gonna keep to themselves and 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 they're overplaying their hand by not calling down some of these these uh, rioters and vandals. Because these people are making people go to the polls and vote for President Trump. Absolutely. Because they're like, look, I'm not going to live in a world like this. Absolutely. You know, it, it takes me back to that guy in Seattle who walks down there when they were, had Chaz and, and the black gentleman walks down in the street and starts throwing their stuff and tearing up <laughs> Man, the place. Boy. I mean, because he's like, well, I'm not, go home. Absolutely. Go home. I live here. Absolutely. You don't. Go home. You know, and so and I think people people are there in many ways. And I think, too, you know, people are like we talked about, they're they're voting with their feet. I yeah. mean, when people when when Gavin Newsom is having to get on there and say, could you please, you know, basically, could you stop moving out of my state? That's yeah. a problem. You know what I mean? Like people people are getting to a point where it's like I cannot live like this. And it's yeah. the same thing in New York. It's the same thing yes. in California and so many other places. However, having said that, I'm all for you coming to this, you know, epiphany. That you no longer want to be under democratic, you know, in a democratic controlled state or city. But if you come to a Republican state or city, leave your democratic politics behind, Mm -hmm. get in where you fit in, say, y'all must be doing something right. It was attractive enough for me to want to move here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not going to come in here and then start voting as though, you know, I want more of what I just left. That doesn't that that is called insanity. Please Please don't do that. Please don't do it. Don't do it. Please. It's not worth it. In all you're getting, get the understanding that you contributed to what you're running from. <laughs> you okay? got to, yeah, you By gotta voting. responsibility. Absolutely. You got to. No, you got to do that. And you got to leave that stuff where you, where you left it. <laughs> you leaving it, we don't want it. We don't want it. You know, and we, because we've come to understand. You, you can't live that way. It is, it is not, it's not sustainable, people. And I know everybody likes to talk about free this and free that. And we want to be so inclusive. And it is not sustainable, it does not work. It does not work. Get it through our hubris, right? That this um, stuff doesn't work. We have to. We have to stay with 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 order. We have to stay with what we we've always had for hundreds of years of our existence here in America. And we cannot deviate all the way to the left with this radical craziness that people are trying to to uh, instigate and create. It just but, doesn't work. But you know, we talked about this, and so much of it, it just seems as though this generation, this culture 
has just a voracious appetite for wanting to gobble up and redefine or reinterpret what has already been so. Yeah. They have very little patience for wanting to be reflective or appreciative of that which has been. Because that which has been has made opportunity for that which is. <laughs> so, yeah. so we can't just simply throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Your, your issues or your, your, um, your, your problems with the, the bureaucracy or, or whatever you think is maybe at fault for why you haven't done or become or realized who you wanted to be in the world yeah. is not enough to set the world on fire. No. At the end of the day, you know, I say this all the time, if you do not appreciate the United States of America, why are you here? <laughs> I mean, and, and plenty of places you could And go. don't be advocating for the destruction of something you know you do not possess the skill to rebuild. Absolutely. Not at all. I'm sorry. Not at all. I, I, I don't know where we get this... And, and perhaps that is what it is. It's the pride, the blindness of, of pride to sit there and, and say, tear it all down, burn it all down. I don't know how to build it back, but burn it all down. <laughs> well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Oh. You know, burn it all down, tear it all down, because, you know, it just needs to be torn down. Well, what are you going to put in its place? How are you going to rebuild this? And how is it going to be rebuilt in a manner in which it, it uh, actually justifies you having teared down the old order? Right. You no, no you, we, we've got hundreds of no years behind American jurisprudence. We got hundreds of years behind how we police. We got hundreds of years behind education, which needs some serious overhauling. We, but we, we've got hundreds of years behind how we've done things, sure. the good things that have worked. Mm -hmm. And we've grown. We've perfected certain things. We've gotten better at many things. And this country has done an amazing job of of moving forward and progressing and getting out of old out of things that were counterproductive and wrong. We've done a great job of that. This country has moved forward in many of its most dark things, from Absolutely. slavery to Jim Crow, you name it. This country has moved forward through these things in ways that no other country can ever boast that they have. And yet, people want to burn it down. Okay? Well, they want to reimagine it. Uh, that, well, they can do that without burning it down. Yeah, you can do that on SimCity. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't need you, you to do that in, in reality. You I really some, don't. You know, you can get you some Roblox and get you. Some, tell you. you know, and you, you can, can do whatever you want to. it all day. Yeah, but but let's not let's not get crazy to where we're being irresponsible <laughs> with what we're so, what we're putting out there for people because we really, honestly, we're doing it because, like I said, we're spoiled. This generation is spoiled. Absolutely. And yet, in the midst of all of this opportunity and 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 all of this great blessing people are still they can't find themselves they can't get a attraction on who they want to be and what they want to become and the hypocrisy is now it, they don't even try to hide it i mean it's like john legend talking about well he and you know they might you know people have to consider if trump wins you know relocating country, yeah. and then you just bought like a 17 million dollar property in beverly hills i mean miss me with all that you're not going anywhere you can oh, if i wow. if you ask somebody what about the last four years and i'm talking about covid aside don't give me covid Okay, because that's not the Donald J. Trump virus. Okay, <laughs> he didn't he didn't take a flight over to China and come back with a little vial and say, oh, "Now it's airborne." That's not what happened. It's the China virus. Okay, and nobody, nobody, nobody knew what kind of impact it was going to have. Yeah. So I appreciate everybody with their magic eight balls today, who sat back and you know shook it up in the back and said, "Okay, magic eight ball said it's going to be a pandemic." No. And we all know it now. Um, but that's no, not the knew. not the reality. So so. What, what now? I mean, what are people, what do you want? If we reimagine America, what does that look like? Because here's the problem with people. They're always going to create a class that is 
better, more educated, more appropriate for for leadership. Those that are uh, most, uh, you know, ready and and capable of taking on leadership like what does that look like in your mind Mm. because if you want to undo america i just have i mean what is your pecking order Mm -hmm. because everybody has one oh yeah let's i mean let's not sit back and act like oh i have no no i have no no favorites no preferences oh yeah everybody does so what's yours yeah and and even in that pecking order it's like people are talking about we need to stamp out and we're going to end racism okay once you end racism there will be another ism Absolutely. by which you divide and stratify Absolutely. society. Because <laughs> as human beings, without God, without faith, without seeking him and finding unity in the one sent, yes, sir. whose name is Jesus, yes, sir. that's what humans do. We will always do it. We can't help but do it. <laughs> it, is, it is, the button is stuck, folks. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That's what human beings do apart from God's direction. We don't, we don't have any other way we can do it. We don't. And we, 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 but that's the hubris of humanity. That's the pride in us that w- it produces this insanity. We keep believing, aha, we can. And it doesn't work. Oh, aha, I know what it was. We, can, we can't do it. Can't do it. We cannot do it. Nope. And so we're going to always be doing that. We're going to always have a caste system based upon something. And just as sure as the left thinks that they're the most and talks about being the most inclusive, the most respectful, the most tolerant, boy, yeah, right, the most tolerant, the most, oh, we're just so communal. Don't forget empathy because they're so empathetic. And bleeding hearts for everybody (laughs) just as sure as the world. If you were to give them everything, if you were to slide the whole of political power across the table and put it within their hands. Oh, my goodness. Woke up the next morning, you'd better lock your door, you better close your windows, because the actions that follow after all of that empathetic speech will not match it. Ain't no telling. You better right? buy a couple Bibles. because Oh, you're about to see em, bury em. the most divided and stratified society and caste society you've ever seen. Absolutely. And it will be drawn along the lines of their own particular preferences. Yes, and that's just the bottom line of it. And yes, so we need, to, we need to wake up out of this. <laughs> Wake up out of this this uh, this fantasy world and realize that we're living on planet Earth and there's a bottom line to life. Absolutely. And in this country, we have been good at being able to frame our our culture, frame our politics in a manner that has been the best at 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 promoting uh, the forward progress of the ordinary man. We've we've been the best at it. That's why we're the youngest, the little new kid on the block, but we're number one in the world in so many things. Nation of laws and of men. And so we need to make sure that we understand that. Let's hope we do. Um, You know, we're going to try to to step up the the number of podcasts. And I think the conversations, you know, we need to have these because even coming up to the election, you know, it's interesting that if you go back to Keith Olbermann, you know, when he ended his little rant, he talked about November 3rd and how, you know, it wasn't going to end on November 3rd. So there's 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 going to be a want for retribution. There's gonna there's gonna be a want for um, people to act out, and I think it's going to be encouraged because it has been encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Not simply by him, but oh, you know yeah. Hillary me. Clinton saying you know he sh- you know Joe Biden shouldn't concede. Um, I don't think that Joe Biden will be in any position to do anything on on election day. I mean all, all I mean just being honest, if you've watched his his you know progression here throughout this election cycle, um, his ability to be present is is very very much in question. So I don't think people have to worry about him knowing what to do, <laughs> good, good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. But there really is a, a need, I think, for us to have these conversations because people need to know what's at stake. I think we always say, you know, oh, this is the most you know, serious and most critical mm-hmm. election of our time. 
Um, but truly, every election is, is just as critical because it's, a, it's, it's either a slide in the wrong direction or it's a slide in the right direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're, they're, we do have to look at this as a critical flashpoint because at, at this juncture, this is a determining fact. This is determining the fate of the country. Where do we want to be? Because we've had eight years of socialism. I mean, you know, we had eight years of that. And who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? I mean, who do we want to be, man? Absolutely. Like, I mean, we, we're voting on policies as though they're not reflections of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. You know, when people talk about it, and of course, we're unapologetically Christian people here. When people talk about pro-life, and you're, you're pro-life and, and abortion, and you can't just be a one-issue voter. Well, uh, abortion is not one issue. Abortion represents a lot it's of issues. Every issue, absolutely. It, it represents it represents a certain amount of, of of a question about who who are we in this society? Who 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 do we want to be? I mean, it w- wasn't in New York City where they had more children aborted than born alive. Mm. Now, now are all of those victims of rape and incest? I think not. Absolutely. So, what has abortion become? So, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? Where where do we want to put the 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 everlasting, unimpeachable principle of personal responsibility in our society. What do we want to do with it? Do we want to just kick it to the side? Like people don't have to be responsible for their bodies anymore? Just, you know, they don't have to be responsible sexually anymore? I mean, who do we want to be? If and see, these, yeah. these things are indicative of, of they're, they're representing things that are going wrong in us. And that's what nobody's seeing, mm-hmm. right? And so we got to ask ourselves some questions. Who do we want to be? What do we want this country to be? Because we can seriously go down a track that causes us to become a relic of a bygone era. And people think that America is so too big to fail, but that I'm pretty sure that same sentiment was held in Greece. It was held in Rome. Absolutely. It was held in every great empire when they were going through their golden age. Absolutely. Oh, the glory of their times. They probably thought they were, <laughs> they were, they were unstoppable. Yeah. But everybody thinks that before a fall. But and so we can't be that way. But sin is a reproach to any people. And that's the problem that, no we, that we have begun to just... We we just we're like a pig in in in, in its oh. dirt. We just roll it around in it. We're just Serious, we're indulging in it, and Serious. we have to we have to call we have to call it out because truly, baby, it is that is the issue of our time. I don't care what anybody says, mm-hmm. and and in a way with this idea that people can't be one issue voters. Yeah. Every time you go to the voting booth, you really are voting on one issue, right? There's this there's the issue of life or death i'm either going to go with the party that is going to support life or i'm going to go with the party that supports death and here's the deal just like i've said in previous podcasts that if you're okay with killing babies you're okay with killing with doing anything nothing is off the table if you'll kill an innocent child in the womb then what else won't you do Uh, just name it let me know yeah because it speaks to the capacity for justification for Anything. anything yeah you know what i'm saying and that's what i mean people don't anything but people never think about that they think it's just pro-life pro-choice they're not thinking about how these things are reflective of us. It's reflective of a certain capacity, a certain tendency, a certain leaning in the human nature toward, uh, away from uh, responsibility, away from truth, away from the dignity of life, away from Absolutely. empathy. We're talking about empathy, but you want to, you, empathy? You want to talk about empathy? Yeah. A child in a womb? And everybody knows it's a child. That's why we start painting the, the room before they get here. Everybody knows it's a life. That's why we buy bassinets months in advance. Everybody knows it's a life. That's why we throw showers. Everybody knows it's a life. Absolutely. Everybody knows this, right? And so who do we want to be? And that's, what, that's my appeal to the American people because if we're not careful, 
we're going to miss what's really going on here and that, that there is a cultural and there is a moral rot that is attempting to set in in this country mm-hmm. that will bring it low. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter how smart we are. It doesn't matter what we know. It doesn't matter that we've been to the moon and planted our flag. If we let the moral rot in, it will bring us down. And so that is my contribution as a Christian. Absolutely. To the conversation. Yes, to say, look beyond just these policy disputes. Look to what these things are representing in us as a culture morally. Because they're saying things about us. They're saying things about our leanings and about our tendency. But I'm going to get off my soapbox for this particular That was podcast. good, though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, look, I love God and I love my country. And I love this country and I want it to be here for my children the way I experienced it, right? Absolutely. Uh, some, some resemblance Absolutely. <laughs> of what I had. And, uh, and I think we need to speak of and have these conversations. And so that's going to conclude our podcast for this uh, episode of Culture and Convictions. But as my wife said, we're not near done. These conversations have to be had. And we thank you for joining us on this another episode of Culture and Convictions. Don't forget to click subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on all of our streaming platforms. We would love to hear from you, your comments, your questions, your critiques. Come on, push back. We, we, we invite conversation, right? And so we need it. We have to have it in this country to preserve this great republic that we love. And we believe it is also a service to the kingdom of God to do so. And so thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, God bless.